Hi, I'm Rabbi Menachem Wolf of the Spirit Road Joseph Chris Center. In this segment of a remastered talk, we discuss why people cry after the loss of a loved one. From a Jewish mysticism perspective, this goes well beyond the nostalgia and the feelings of loss. There is actually an expression of a deep nature, a relationship that exists between the soul of the departed and those who have been left behind that comes through in the tears and the crying and the feelings of grief. We hope that you gain something from this talk and feel a new sense of comfort. And if you want to support our work or dedicate a remastered podcast or a new podcast, be in touch with us via our website, www.spiritgrow.org. And now, here's the talk. Many of you would be familiar with the narrative of where Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers some thousands of years ago. And they tell their father, Jacob, that actually Joseph was killed by a wild animal. And they present a, a garment, Joseph's multicolored coat, um, that had been soaked in goat's blood. And they said, you see, he must have been killed by a wild animal. And Jacob never recovered. And it was more than just not recovering after a child passes away. There was something intense and mournful about it that even made Jacob suspicious about his own feelings because he never seemed to move beyond that first stage of grief. And so he started to believe that actually his son might be alive. Now, Kabbalah has a very interesting idea as to why would Jacob feel that it was possible that his, brother, that his son was alive when he'd been presented with evidence of the contrary. Many people don't necessarily want to accept their reality and may search for signs. What made Jacob different? Now, it turns out he was right. Joseph was alive the whole time in, in Egypt, and he would actually end up uh, uh, going to, to be reunited with him 22 years later. But what was it that Jacob knew? What is it that Kabbalah is informing us about grief that made Jacob suspicious. When a person passes away, their soul and body become detached from one another. And what that means is that the body returns to the earth, but the soul uh, begins to uh, um, reunite within the infinite light. And so the soul moves into different states of consciousness after death becoming more aware of what it is a part of until eventually it loses all sense of identity. Physical existence is absolute identity to the contrast and to the contrary of everything else. Um, displacement. I exist in a space that nothing else can. And I exist with backdrops behind me and things in front of me and with the contrast of colors, shapes and textures. Um, we're able to understand and label and separate everything and be able to make a puzzle out of it all. But when we pass away, when the soul moves beyond this, this, this dimension of, of reality, it actually becomes part of something greater. But the soul itself also goes through moments of um, lack of acceptance. When the soul first departs, it doesn't accept death. And it goes through multiple stages of realizing that its body is no longer alive and that its role in this world has come to an end. It begins to grieve the inability to keep contributing to this world because 
the soul understands that the whole purpose of existence, despite all the chaos of this world, this is the purpose. It is to bring a spiritual fusion into a space that logically should be very non-spiritual. Because spiritual fusion is about discovering the oneness of everything. And this world of dimension and dynamic is about um, things not being in a united singular state. At most, when we think about a singular state, we might think of the ecosystem or the human body as being many parts working collaboratively. But actually, oneness is far more than just collaboration. That's not for today's video. And so when the, the soul departs, it realizes it will no longer be able to be a part of the real purpose of existence. And so it begins to mourn and it grieves. It, 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 it it, it goes through a process of remorse for all the opportunities it lost and all the things that it was not able to um, bring the body to actually achieve in its lifetime due to uh, um, desire, due to other forces within the soul system. And so there is a sadness that the soul experiences and that sadness that the soul experiences is mirrored by those who are left behind. The soul of those who are left behind feel that pain. And that pain comes through into our subconscious and into our consciousness and into the feelings of sadness that we all experience after the loss of a loved one. So we have both the feelings of our own sense of loss and the grief of losing a loved one, and we also have the feelings that our loved one is experiencing at the same time. But as our loved one's soul emerges into the infinite light and it begins to taste the tantalizing, rich light of oneness and unity, it is a pleasure, a tainuk that cannot be imagined, but it will begin to let go of the world that it was once a part of, and it will become drawn into the infinite. And as it does that, it, it experiences this tainuk, this pleasure, and it settles into not itself, but into the oneness. And then that pain, that pain of self-identity, of self-awareness begins to fade because self-awareness of the soul begins to fade. And that's mirrored. We begin to feel lighter. We're able to reconcile with the loss of a loved one. We're able to move into the next stage. Returning back to now the story of Jacob and Joseph. Well, Joseph lived in a permanent state of grief and sadness because he was missing his family. He was missing his father. He hadn't died. He hadn't uh, started to taste this infinite light of oneness. He was still very much trapped in Egypt. And as a result, he was a soul that was experiencing the inability to contribute within the family. He was unable to derive energy from his father. He was not able to be together with his brothers whom, although in their youth had been very cruel to him, nevertheless, there was a family bond and one that he wanted to be a part of. In his state of grief and sadness and loss, his soul was expressing its pain. Jacob's soul registered that pain and felt the pain of his son. And because it never receded, his pain never receded. And vice versa, he was longing for his son. And, Jacob, and Joseph didn't have any infinite light to get lost in, therefore he lives with the pain that his father's experiencing and the two souls are mirroring each other's pain. Joseph knows his father's alive or assumes his father's alive because he's got every reason to assume that. But Jacob begins to assume that his son Joseph is alive because the pain that should have begun to wear on 
never did. So I hope this brings a bit of understanding as to the, 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 the grief process that we experience after losing a loved one. It's not just about our feelings of loss and nostalgia, but there's actually something very, very profound and spiritual that is taking place between us and the loved ones who have passed on.